0: You're listening to another ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now onto the show. to Network Overdrive Podcast. This is episode three. Network Overdrive Podcast is the podcast for consulting and professional services businesses who want to drive their productivity and profitability using technology. Now on today's show, we speak with Network Overdrive CEO Greg Clarkson about the five profit stacks and why they're so critical in your business. We'll also spend time focusing on the first profit stack to find out how positively impacts profitability for consulting and. Professional services companies and we'll also share how you can find out which of the five profit stacks you need to work on in your business to become more productive and more profitable with Network Overdrive's upcoming workshops so welcome to the show Greg Great to
1: be here. How are you?
0: Good, good. Now, as we covered in episode two of Network Overdrive podcast, we spoke about the five profit stacks. We're going to dive a lot deeper into the first one so people are far more aware of what is so important in this particular profit stack. But before we do that, just recap for everybody. What are the five profit stacks? The five profit stacks
1: are views of your business. And the first one that we're going to talk about today is a sales stack. Mm. And then there's a people stack, which relates to all aspects of your staff and culture and values. There's a production stack, which is relating to how you um, actually deliver a service or a product to your customer and then charge for that. Your finance stack, which covers your profitability and financials and the structural stack which is things that are not often thought about but are really important to your business, such as risk mitigation, innovation, and competitive analysis.
0: Mm, Fantastic. The profit stack, the first one is the sales stack, as you say. What are Mm. some of the features and functions that are so relevant in this particular stack?
1: This stack, for many businesses, is the most important stack. Um, It's the one that's most top of mind for the business owner is Mm. how do they win more business, And how do they save money on customer acquisition for the professional service industry? It's even more important because often they're only as good as their last job Mm. and there's no guarantee they're going to get another job from that customer. So the pressure to continually generate new sales is always there. How to convert those one-off sales into reoccurring jobs so that customers really happy with their service and wants to keep coming back to them is a very important and pressing concern for them.
0: What are some of the common issues that you find when businesses don't have the right technologies set up in this particular area? And the reason, there's a reason why I ask this, is often as businesses, we just go through the motion just day in day out same old thing and it's not till we kind of take a step back that we recognize hang on a minute what we're doing is not the best approach yes we've been doing this for so long so let's just talk about some of the things that you see occurring so that people can monitor is this going on in our business yes it is we need to find out what can we do to become more productive and more profitable in this area
1: two points that i want to make around this one is is that Um, It depends what type of person the business owner is. Mm. Sometimes business owners invent or create a business because they're really good at trade or at a particular service and they're not very good at sales. So they're very good at working in the business and doing the work and generating um, new business is often word of mouth, And it sort of happens by magic inverted commas. They're not really sure when the next job's going to come. Mm -hmm. So for those people, they need to spend time to really think about sales and put in a formula or a process for their sales. And technology can help them do that, force them to work out that process. The other aspect I will say is that it's very difficult to plan, very good to go to the bank and ask for money. It's very good to get long-term investment. If you don't know how to get predictable reoccurring revenue and that requires predictable reoccurring customer sales and acquisitions, if you can't figure out that if you spend X amount of dollars in customer acquisition that you're going to therefore generate this much revenue, it's very hard for you to work out when to hire when to invest in new equipment or new solutions and how to plan for the next three or five years of your business. Mm. So working out the systems in sales is so important for that long-term benefit for all the other stacks.
0: Absolutely. And I'd imagine too that if you're looking at a business owner, you say they're starting their business and often it's because it's their level of expertise that they're sharing with their clients as a solution. And as the business starts to grow and you invite team to step in to support you, it's it's imperative that you have formal processes and systems in place, otherwise, everyone's running around not really clear and, and focused. Do you find as businesses, because I know a lot of the clients that you deal with have about minimum of 20 staff? That's
1: correct, and then up to 50. So once you're 20 staff, then often the business owner is the main person selling yes. and the main person uh, who's able to do the deals, or it just be maybe one or two other people. Once you get to 50 staff, then most people would have already started investing in business development managers, Mm -hmm. sales staff, and they'll be thinking about how to manage a sales team. From a sales perspective, from a resource perspective, there's a great change as you start going from 20 to 50. This will be about building your first sales team in some shape or form. So with that requires a whole lot of systems to be able to support that to get good visibility but the main thing is is to work out what works how do you actually sell defining that process knowing that it's a repeatable process so that therefore you can make good financial decisions.
0: Yes. And let's just chunk that down a little bit because often when we think sales process, we're doing this, this and this. It might be going to a networking event, following up, having a conversation and then hopefully making the sale. But when we think about all of the other things that are going on in our industries, we're talking about a lot of competitors coming into the marketplace. Disruption is a word that I know is bandaged around the place because of the fact New competitors are coming in. There's so much noise out in the marketplace. If something's not systematized and working properly for businesses, it's very hard to track what's working well, very hard to change things that are not working so well. When you're talking about customer acquisition efficiencies, and I know that that's um, the terminology use when you're looking at this profit strategy number one, what are some of the, the technology tools or some of the, the steps within the customer acquisition that businesses now need to start to consider?
1: The sales process is most fitting to a stack or the other concept that's often talked about is a sales funnel. Mm. So you want to be able to have a process where you get people who don't know anything about your business and not interested to being a little bit interested about you. They might use you if they have a need to wanting to use you to inquiring about can you deliver on a particular point um, and then you quote on that point and then you bring them into your system, deliver the product and bill them for that work. That's a very quick summary of the process from a person knowing nothing about your business to being a very happy customer with you. Each one of those steps, you will find that often they can be enhanced or made better by a technology support tool. Um, And so I just want to go through that in a little bit more detail, if that's okay.
0: Absolutely, yes.
1: The first one is a lead generation activity. So this is at the funnel level, which is at its widest, is how do you get those initial inquiries from people and keep getting them to come to you with their inquiries. And that function, there's a whole range of technologies that are out there specifically designed for lead generation. But one that we look at is something like prospect.io. There's other ones that like outreach.io and so on, which are tools that help you with your lead generation activities. If in your business you don't have any formal lead generation activities, then that's a problem. You're just hoping people find out by chance. The next one is prospecting, which is a much more thoughtful and targeted approaching. So this is about you making a decision to say what type of person, what type of business should do business with me. I think that I'm a very good fit for them.
0: Mm-hmm. And you going
1: out and finding those people and and making them aware of you. So that's a prospecting activity. And again, there's tools that help you with that. There's inbound activities where you might be advertising. And then based upon those ads, people will make a call or do an inquiry. And so there's a whole range of managing either Facebook ads, LinkedIn ads, ads in the newspaper, all those activities. And how do you say, okay, I'm going to be spending a $1,000 on this ad, Google AdWords, for example, therefore Mm -hmm. I'm expecting to get 500 inquiries. And how do you manage that?
0: One of the things that you mentioned in episode two was that you know, as you're going through each of the the profit stacks and you've got some key questions that a business is asked so that you can identify where are there some gaps and where are the needs that we need to really start to build up to support the business. As you're talking about these various functions, are these also looked at as you're measuring what are you doing as lead generation, what are you doing as in in your prospecting so we get measurement as to how we're tracking and and how we're doing one or, or more these really well and not
1: yeah exactly and and you might notice that i'm trying not to talk about the technology too much because the technology can be a distraction from this part because sometimes people are too quick to go out and invest in a tool that doesn't actually deliver what um, what we want to focus on is the function for the business owner or the team of executives to rate themselves on how well they're doing in each one of these areas. And then we talk about the tool. We talk about the tool that they're currently using, which could be as simple as an Excel spreadsheet or just their Outlook inbox. Uh, And then we can talk about alternatives and whether those alternatives will make a difference Mm. in improving the operation of that area, such as lead generation or prospecting. Outbound. So outbound is also about nurturing So you might have a network of potential people that sort of might have done business with you once or you think would have expressed some interest in your business, but they're not ready to buy yet. Mm. So how do you keep them aware of you so when they think of that they might need you, that they're going to contact you and not your competition? So there's a whole nurturing activity that's required. Um, And then many people have a product evaluation or a service evaluation. And this could be like a demo, a webinar, some sort of trial process Mm -hmm. for them to test what you do. And then that's all moving someone from a cold to a warm lead. And then from warm to hot, you're actually wanting to give them a proposal or, or give them a quote. You want to be able to convert them to actually making a purchase decision and understanding what's required to make that purchase decision. Then you're going to have ongoing relationships with them, which is what's known as a customer relationship management system or a CRM. One aspect which I've jumped over, which is important enough that we've made it a function on its own, but it's really just... All of these areas, but just making a special discussion around social selling, the social media aspect, because it's new, depending on the business, they might be already understanding of how they work in a social media sense that it's already integrated. But for many people, they need to have that as a separate point of how are we doing social selling? Um, How do we encourage our team to work their network to be able to sell socially Mm. in their networks as well?
0: Fantastic and what I'm just going to do is just go through each of those again just naming them because um, I know this is so important so lead generation prospecting inbound which is more predictive outbound where we're prospecting and nurturing uh, the people that we're connecting with then product evaluations then the proposal then sales conversion then social selling on its own as you said is very very important and then customer relationship management once we've converted that client or the prospective client and that now they are working or using our products and so do you find then that when people start to look at okay we can see where we're really floundering in this particular area like for instance lead generation when you fix one area it impacts positively on all of the other areas in the sales stack too
1: absolutely also the converse is is that if um, you may find that like what often happens is they say oh i've got a sales problem what i need to fix my sales problem is to get a crm And, um, and as you can see that that crm that you've got may be hopeless at lead generation might be hopeless at prospecting So why do you think that just getting a CRM is going to magically fix your sales problem? So you kind of need to see them um, holistically. So yes, fixing one point will make a difference, but only if you have the holistic view and you realize how all these activities work with each other. Um, And then you can choose, okay, which one of these functions needs my attention? You know, you might have started the conversation like many people do with, oh, I need a new CRM. And they finished the conversation with us by saying, you know what, what we actually need is a great product evaluation tool because Mm. we've got all the people who want to know about us. But for some reason, when we go out and talk to them or demo our product, it doesn't convert. So that's where we're stuck and that's what needs attention.
0: I love the way that you've um, shared that because as you've mentioned and you've said this throughout all of the, you know, episode two and now again in episode three here is that you really don't want to get stuck and focused on the tool itself. But really, what is the function? How can we make it more improved? How can we make it quicker? So in other words, when we look at those particular key areas or key functions, if you will, and we look at, okay, how long is it taking for us to move someone from the, you know, the outbound, the nurturing through to a proposal and sales conversion? And if they're sitting so long in between that time asking ourselves, right, What can we do to speed that process up? Do we need to put another touch point in there where we showcase the product, where we do some more case studies, where we do that? I can see how that works really well. So we're looking and really focusing on what's the function, what can we do to nurture that relationship more speedily? Because ultimately, at the end of the day, our job is to help our clients get to a yes, get to a no, it's not right for us, so that if it's a yes, we can work with them to support them in generating the success or what they're looking for for. But that's so important, isn't it? To focus on the function, what can we do to improve it, to make it more profitable or more productive, hence more profitable for us, yes?
1: Absolutely. We do that with colour coding and so that gives a very powerful and profound view of your whole business so you can just imagine that if you go through this level of detail on all of the stacks not just the sales stack but also your people stack and your production stack and so on mm. and then you color code how well you're doing in each one of these functions so mm. your lead generation might be fantastic so you you, you you color it blue but your proposal function is terrible You don't have a consistent way of doing proposals and so you mark that red and then you go across to the other stacks and you color code them as well. All of a sudden on one page you have this Christmas tree of lights that can easily help you identify that what parts of your business needs attention and what parts are doing really well. And then you can make that great decision that you know will make a very big difference in your business.
0: Mm. And what I'm really excited about as I'm hearing you share this is that there are so many businesses now that they recognize, okay, we know that we need to have a profile on social media, on our platforms where our clients are now searching online. And so they're doing a lot of activities, many businesses, and I'm sure you you have the same with your clients. Mm. But if there's no tracking and measurement as to, okay, when we are, starting to connect and people are putting up their hands and showing interest what's the next step what do we need to share with them to to get them to take that next step and once they've taken that next step how can we guide that decision what's the next process that we often as business owners will do some social media and you know what we say, it doesn't work. Therefore it's just, you know, not working. Let's just throw it away. But I love the way that you've said, you know what, your sales, yes, it may not be working the way you want it to, but what area in your sales is letting you down? You know, do you need to do mm-hmm. some more on 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 social? What would you say then to businesses who recognize an area that yes, one or more of those areas in our business we can see that we really haven't propped them up we haven't got the right functions in in place the reason I'm saying that is because this is an area that you're an expert in and you've got some great workshops that you're running with people as well share a little bit more about those workshops please
1: fantastic I'd be happy to do so so once a person and a team of people within the business are asking the questions that you've just articulated which are the right questions to ask about how do I move a customer from one step to another, Mm. then we can talk about technology. We don't talk about technology until those questions have been asked in the right way. And now we can talk about what technology they're currently using and what are the alternatives on each one of those points and that's what we do in the workshop. Mm. The workshop is about, the first part of it is understanding your process, so getting everyone into that state of how do we fix it, how do we move people through this process for a better outcome for the business and then we can say, all right, what technology are you using currently to do that job? Is the technology the problem or is it the people or the process? if it's the technology, what are the alternatives to that technology? With technology, being able to link technology with business, it's really about the detail. What the great thing about the workshop is that it forces people to deep dive to that level of detail, rather than just an intuitive understanding that I know that I need some tech to make my business great. And then you just randomly make purchase decisions on tech and you don't really understand how. Mm. Or like I said, At a very high level you know that sales is a problem and so the first thing you think of is your crm but once you get down to this really functional level for each one of your sales stack you've got a very clear outcome you need this particular thing fixed and you're more likely to make the right choice in terms of what's the best technology for you the workshop gets us to that moment with not just the single business owner but with their team of executives so If we're honing in on sales, we're doing it in a way that the finance people and the HR people can appreciate and realize this is what's needed to make the whole business work better. And you get that buy-in from all the business and you make a very great decision. You Mm -hmm. don't waste your time talking about things that don't get the business to where they want to go. Um, And the workshop helps with that because it gets everyone in the same room. It gives a language that can work across all those areas. It gets that buy-in. And from us as a technology company, we can actually make a significant difference to that business by doing that workshop.
0: And I love the way that, you know, this whole new approach, and it is a fresh approach, and I, I'll share why, is that so often so many software companies, and we've mentioned this in, in episode two, if they are, mm. they are more of an ERP, so in other words, trying to be the solution across many more of just one stack rather than we want to be an expert in the lead generation, you know, you were talking about um, the, the best. What was that term that you used? Best in class. Best in or, class. And it's hard for us to recognise what do we – often as business owners, what do we need as a best-in-class because we haven't asked the right questions – and yep. so a software provider will try and have us mould our business and our needs to suit the functions of, of that particular technology. But we've got it backwards. We need to find out first what's relevant to our business, what are the unique steps that we need or that we ha- we have and we need to follow to be the best and, and to, to deliver that whole customer experience from lead generation right through to becoming a customer and then getting the right solution solutions in place to support Thanks. us uh, in our business and, and we don't really do that very well until now of course now that we know the sales stack.
1: The other thing it helps is that even if for a particular business there is one piece of software that does touch on multiple stacks you have extreme clarity on know exactly what it does well and what it doesn't do well. You might have an ERP system that does the CRM bit well And it might do some aspects of hr well like timesheets and it might have some aspects of finance really well like it might generate invoices for you so you put it down you can put the same piece of software down in multiple areas but you'll get a very clear understanding that it will only cover maybe 10 percent maybe 50 percent of your business but to think as a business owner you know, I'm investing 300 grand on this piece of software. Surely it does everything in my business. Mm -hmm. When you use this profit stacks, you'll realize, well, actually this very expensive piece of software only covers 10% of my business. And I'm actually using all these other tools to do these other functions, which are also really critical in my business. And it helps you appreciate those other tools as well. Uh, It puts the, the, the big elephant in the room in context. You know how it fits. And then you can say, well, you know, I'm spending all this money on this tool and it does CRM really well, but can it do proposals? Mm -hmm. Let me have a look again. And is it going to cost me to do proposals? Or maybe I'll use something else for proposals. You can um, sort of like have that filter when you're reading the marketing literature, when you're talking to the salesperson and say, well, this thing is trying to tell me that if if I buy this and implement it it or run my business, but will it? No, it won't. It'll only cover, say, 50% of my business. And then on that point, you can say, well, is it worth it? Am I going to get a return on investment if it only runs 50% of my business and if it only runs 50% of my business a little bit? Like, you know, does it run it okay? Does it run Mm. it really well? Does it run it best of breed or best in the class?
0: Yeah. And as we are clearly aware and gauging how well and how successfully something is supporting us or not, we can make so far more informed decisions as to to what we need to do it's not a lot of guesswork there but really clearly informed decisions and the fact that if we are then bringing on a, a specific solution just to handle leads or just to handle the proposals it's not going to impact negatively across other board you know across other factors or, or functions because it's just that core piece alone which I think is exciting. Greg, you've mentioned the workshops. We haven't yet told people how they can access. What's the best way for them to get in contact with you?
1: The best way is to go to the Network Overdrive website, which is networkoverdrive.com. Uh, the offer at the moment is on the front page. It's a free offer where we're willing to run a two-hour workshop. That's a special while we're running these podcasts. Um, Over time, that will actually be a fee to do that. So my advice for people is book us in as soon as they can and they will get a free two-hour workshop that will be highly valuable to their business
0: fantastic if you have heard something today that you recognize you know what our sales stack and the other other stacks as well that Greg has spoken about in episode two we need to do some more investigations please uh, sign up for one of those workshops while they're doing the promotion all you need to do is go to networkoverdrive.com and reach out to them thanks so much uh, Greg look forward to speaking with you in upcoming podcasts
1: you're welcome